for the benefit of those with flash photography. Yes. Hello. How is everybody doing? Are you well? I hope so. Welcome to DreamWork. I am Colin Delaney. As always, in a moment, you will hear the voice of my tag team partner. His name is Cheech. And yeah, this is DreamWork. This is a podcast about tag team wrestling. And this is a podcast I forgot about. (laughs) Kind of. Well, not totally forgot about, but totally forgot that we had recorded one and that I still had to edit it and put it out to the world. It has been a crazy week. Um, and yeah, we, we recorded this last week and, uh, we've changed up our recording schedule. So we record them a week before to give me more time to edit it and put it out to the world. We used to record them like the day before, and then I would have like 24 hours to turn them around, which sometimes wasn't bad. Sometimes was a little difficult, so now we're giving ourselves uh, a full week to put them out, basically. And uh, I'll be honest, I just forgot. <laughs> it's been a uh, it's been a crazy week. Uh, I was watching matches in preparation for us to record tonight, and I was thinking about last week's podcast, and I was like, "Who did we do last week?" Oh my god, I never put out the podcast last week, so. I'm going to do it right now. Uh, And it's funny that this is the team that I kind of completely forgot about because it is a couple of uh, buddies of mine, a couple of friends of mine, a couple of best friends. That's Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Chucky T and Beretta, uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent question mark. Uh, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, that's the team. And they are uh, uh, actual friends of mine and, and the best friends, as you know them, from AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Um, and, yeah, that's really, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say other than I'm sorry that I forgot. But you guys probably won't notice because it will go up, you know, around the same time that it normally would, maybe a, a day later than usual. But I've been all over the place lately, so maybe you don't notice at all. And maybe I shouldn't have even said anything. You know what? Forget this whole intro happened. And let's talk about the best friends. Hello, friend. Hello, other friend. <laughs> How's it going, Cheech? Uh, you know, it's going. Excited to talk about some wrestling. Yes. Uh, this week felt weird to me. Is it because we knew the team and had plenty of time to research them, as opposed to being under a little time crunch as usual? Um, I think it's because I feel like we've done a lot of teams that we have we've wrestled and we know. But, like, these are actual friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, uh, both of these guys are, are humans I would consider friends of mine. So it, it felt weird in that, in that way. Yeah, no. But uh, it, if anything, yes, there was a little bit of that weirdness. But it would have been weird if it, uh, okay, spoiler, 
it would have been weird if I didn't like what I was watching. But the, it, if anything, it made me gain more appreciation for him. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say that. Like, there's times where I was watching it and I'm just like, man, these guys. And then I was like, oh, wait, they literally are one of the best tag teams that have been around for the past handful of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Guess what? We're going to get into it. Yeah, yeah. But at, there, there are definitely times when watching this where I'm just like, oh, these guys, oh, Trent doing something stupid or, oh, Dustin, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Like I said, we've we've covered teams that we've wrestled against and we've covered teams that contained people we are friends with or friendly with. But this one just felt uh, <laughs> a little different, I guess. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So we are talking about the best friends, uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta or Chucky T and Beretta or Trent and Chuck or Greg and Dustin, I guess, whatever, uh, whatever floats your boat, whatever you fancy. Yeah, we're covering those two, uh, the best friends. And, you know, they got on that early. So, yeah, they were definitely the best friends, the one and only. So before, and I'm just going to real quick, I'm going to get this out oh. there and then okay. I'm going to leave it be. Okay. Just going to throw it down and walk away. But me and Dalton Castle teamed one time at CZW back in like 2012, 2013. And we were the best friends forever. And then all of a sudden, uh, Trent and Chuck become the the best friends, and then there's the besties in the world. And I'm just saying, me and Dalton Castle were ahead of our time. If only, if only there's a timeline where that goes great, but it is not the one we are currently inhabiting. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's true. Okay, so um. Let's let's get into some preliminary thoughts here on this team. Cheech, preliminary thoughts? Uh, hmm, what were my preliminary thoughts? I was I don't know. I don't know. I, I was whelmed. You were not whelmed? Overwhelmed, not <laughs> overwhelmed. Just whelmed. I, I don't even know. <laughs> that is that is the worst preliminary thoughts I have ever heard, Cheech. What? I think it is a perfect summation of my preliminary thoughts. I was neither over nor underwhelmed. <laughs> I, was in the, I was in the right in between. Okay. Well, uh, so for me, my preliminary thoughts were uh, our other potential choice for a team. I didn't think I could find enough of. And I thought I could find much more of this team, which is true to a degree, but not as true as I thought. I I remember YouTube slash Daily Motion being a little more full of uh, best friends content at a time. Ah, okay, okay, fine. Here I will revise my preliminary thoughts because it'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, when you had first pitched the team, I was okay with it. I was like, all right, cool. But yes, my concern was footage. But then a couple minutes later, you sent me like these uh, secret double probation uh, folder file Google drives. And then I was like, oh, okay, now I'm good. So, I mean, those were really my preliminary thoughts. But it was so 
my brother thought was like, "Ooh, I hope there's enough." But like five minutes in, he's like, "Oh, here are some Google Docs," and I was like, "Oh, okay, there went that preliminary thought." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely. So the good thing about them is they, uh, basically, as long as they've been teaming, they have been places where uh, you can find footage of that. Yes, yes, they're easy to access, but it was a little, it wasn't as easy as you would assume on YouTube and things of that nature. It wasn't as easy as I expected. But luckily, like I said, <laughs> within five minutes, you're like, oh, here, look here. And I was like, oh, perfect. There's a good, there's a good stash. Yeah, I remember there used to be a lot more of their New Japan stuff on Daily Motion for sure, but I, I had a hard time. Yeah, but luckily, I do find a lot of AEW stuff on Daily Motion. <laughs> Yes, and luckily AEW um, puts a lot of their stuff from Dark on there themselves. So yes. you know a lot of a lot of free footage, a lot of a lot of footage that is easy to get your hands on. So yeah, uh, yeah, that uh, I I thought I could find more, but I was I was happy with with what I watched, and uh, yeah, championships and accomplishments. You ready for this category? Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. So this category, the cupboard was a bit more bare than I thought it would be. <laughs> so oh. they won the 2014 PWG DDT tournament. Yes. And they were number 25 on the PWI top 50 tag teams last year. And that's it. Okay, okay, now, here's the thing. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a recency bias. It's just historically looking at it. Okay, when did they start teaming? What, 2014? So they did the DDT tournament in 2014, but I think they didn't really start actively becoming a team till like, late 2015 into 2016. All right, and if we're being honest... There are a lot of good teams in the last few years. So that's the problem. They just happen to fall into a time when there's just a, a, a wealth of tag teams. Luck, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, they're in the same decade as the Young Bucks, who probably just ran amok all over all those lists and titles and accomplishments, as we've covered. Go back and search it in the archives. Sure, yeah. And, uh, and like, um, uh, so for, like, tag team titles... You know, uh, in PWG is where they first started teaming, and they won the DDT tournament, but they never won the PWG tag titles, once again held by the Young Bucks. And at a point, Chuck Taylor actually won the PWG world title. And then you go to Ring of Honor, where they were in Ring of Honor, but they were more New Japan guys. And then they never won the New Japan Junior. They never won the New Japan tag. And then AEW seems to, you know, they're they're always up in the in the mix but uh yeah injuries and whatnot have kind of uh halted their progression so yeah i just i guess i didn't realize that they didn't win tag titles anywhere yet now okay this is something i think this probably is a first for us on this podcast it's uh it's a thing that's very familiar with singles guys this, uh, hands down, has to be the first tag team we've covered that... Hmm... Actually, no, I may take that back. But no, no, follow me. Uh, they're the first team we've covered that they didn't need the belts. No, no, for sure. 
You know what I mean? Like there are plenty of like like for example, the the, the example that was go to is like Jake the Snake. He was so good, he didn't need to have belts. Sure, it would be great. So now I almost think it's it's very it's pompous of us to be like, oh, we need to go over their championships and accomplishments, as if that's the only true measuring stick. As this team proves, it definitely isn't. They're one of those teams, like we said, unfortunately, are in an era where there's a good amount of tag teams running, especially on WWE's got, you know nine hours of TV every week. So they've got plenty of tag teams going. And then now we've got AEW, but there was, you know, impact always had teams. There was always ROH during this era. So yeah, they just were in an era where there were a lot of tag teams. Well, and, and like I said, they were in an era where there's a lot of tag teams, but they also just, uh, you know, it was like circumstance, you know, because before this, like I said, they were a new Japan team, but they were an American team in new Japan. They were a ring of honor team, but, Ring of Honor seemed to use them a lot because they were a New Japan team, you know. So uh, it, it and now they're an AEW where AEW's got their own uh, thing going on with the tag team division. And and you're right, especially in AEW, they don't need them. Exactly, that's the thing. They were so freelance technically that yeah, they couldn't settle roots somewhere deep enough to get you know a title run. And once again, as we said, they were just we'll get to it charismatic enough that they didn't need them. But now that they're able, now they're fully signed to a company in America where they're on TV every week, or at least were and can be, uh, I, I don't see it impossible for a time where they do get a run with the belts. That totally could happen once they all get healthy. Yeah, but I could also see a world where they don't. Exactly. That That is, well, they could be, they, <laughs> they could be super charismatic bushwhackers. Oh my God! This <laughs> best friends of the new bushwhackers. All right, well we've 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 peaked early, ladies and gentlemen. We have peaked exactly. early. That's what I'm saying though, I'm just saying they were they're a great team that didn't need the belts. I'm just saying. All right, all right, <laughs> you're you're on to something. Uh, let's let's get into the matches that we watched. You wanna you wanna give us a start, or you want me to kick it off? I could kick it off. That's fine. That's fine. I started off hot with the one I was hoping I was able to search down is them versus, I don't know if they were even announced as, but I know them as the leaders of the new school, Zack Sabre Jr. and Marty Skrull in PWG in 2017. Then I saw them versus, uh, oh, yeah, here we go. I got some of the uh, the semis and the finals from the DDT 14. So I got them versus Steed and Cole and them versus Swan and Ricochet in the finals. Then I got them on a Young Bucks, that they believe it was a Mystery Vortex in 2014, an FTR match from a Dynamite in, what's that, October of 2020, a private party match from Double or Nothing 2020, a Gorillas of Destiny match from New Japan 2017, a Proud and Powerful, the parking lot brawl fight, whatever, oh wait, no, it's the parking lot fight on AEW Dynamite, a match versus Butcher and Blade on Dynamite, and then a match versus... The hybrid two on double or nothing twenty nineteen. Okay, all right. We we hit some of the same notes. Um, so I I also I started with the PWG DDT fourteen, but I actually went opening round, second round. So I watched them against the Rockness Monsters and then Steen and Cole. Uh, I then I also watched the Zack Saber Junior Marty Skrull uh, match from pwg 2017 i watched a bucks match from ring of honor 2018 i watched the gorillas of destiny match from new japan in 2017 i watched them against the bouncers and the kingdom from ring of honor in 2018 
And then I moved on to AEW where I watched them against Silver and Reynolds from 2020, them against the private party of Double or Nothing, them against Caster and Bowens from October 2020, and then I ended with them against the Chaos Project from December 2020. Okay, yes. I, I figured we would... Of course we were going to hit the DDT 2014 because that was a high spot. I knew that New Japan match was out and pretty easy. I knew we'd hit up that one. And then, yeah, some of their... Oh, and of course, the leaders of the New School one, I think it was just a... It, you just looked at it and were like, oh, that's got to be good. And then, of course, the AEW stuff was fun as well. And, like we said, luckily, pretty pretty prevalent and easy to get to. Yeah, when, you, uh, when you're looking at their cage match, especially on those early PWG shows, I'm scrolling up and down and I was like, Oh, they wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. and Marty Skrull. Oh, it gets its favorable rating. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll put this one on. Oh yeah, that one was a good one. I want. I was hoping to find that one, and I was glad that I did. So right from the start. So let's start at PWG DDT 2014. Okay, how do you, how did you see it? Because I'm gonna guarantee you had a different point of view. Okay, <laughs> so uh, what's a bit strange about it is this is like almost the earliest you can find them teaming, right? Yep. And they're almost the exact same. <laughs> There's it very- was there from day one. It was there from day one. They didn't have to. There was no gel period. They just were hitting on all cylinders right away. You're saying. Well, not hitting on all cylinders, you know, like eventually they grew into, but it's, it definitely does not look like they are Mm -hmm. fresh to teaming with each other. Oh, exactly. Yeah. They gel really well right off the bat. Of course. Yes. They get double teams and they get a more of a flavor. And yes, there is a gel period, obviously, or not even a gel period. They get, they just get better together, but yeah, it's, they, there was no awkward period. Right, they just they just developed uh, like some double teams and some teamwork things, but other, they already even like had some uh, in 2014 when they hadn't even teamed yet. Yes. Now I, as a fan, those were a lot of retreads from Chuck and Johnny. Oh well, sure, sure. But as as a couple of guys who team but also used to be in other teams, we try not to retread, but there are definitely times where we're like, oh, hey, this worked uh, <laughs> in our Absolutely. previous teams. It's just... Absolutely. And you can't hold it against them. And that's the thing that only you know people like me would notice. Nobody... I, well, yeah, I'm sure there are super fans out there that notice those things, but that's just a me thing, I think. Yeah, I was... Uh, Ryan was watching some of the matches with me, and he's like, Oh, that's a that's a, a Chuck and Johnny spot. <laughs> I was like, I know. Stop. Yeah, don't don't be that guy. <laughs> Cheech. I'm just well, here, we're critically covering it on a podcast. If we were just having popcorn, I wouldn't say such a thing. I probably would. You a hundred percent would. <laughs> um the Rock Nest Monsters match, which you did not watch, yes. has the potentially infamous uh they both they uh, put on a giant trench coat. Yes, on the shoulders. Do the the chokes on off the top. Yes, the the trench coat was definitely a thing early on. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> um, there's definitely 
stuff like that throughout. Like it's it's I guess it's kind of uh calmed down now that they're in AEW. And and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like all that goofy, kind of wacky, just trying weird, interesting, funny things is kind of what makes the best friends the best friends, right? Exactly. Like in the the 2018 Young Bucks match, that's when they were doing their cigarette gimmick. Exactly. Uh, yes, is... we will cover and get to it. Or, you know, I mean, we could go into it now if you want. I mean, uh, in my opinion, they were like the... F- <laughs> It's weird because you know how they'd always say the team of the '90s, the team of the '80s, the team of the 2000s. They are the team of like the 20 teens because somehow they just their humor just touched the same pulse as like everyone else was. Like they were they were meta without being like dicks or douchey about it. If you know what I mean? Yes, I hate it when I say that. <laughs> yeah, no, because it 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 they believe it. Right. Like they uh, they think this is funny and they're right. And other people think it's funny, too. They're not just popping themselves. Yes. Yes. They're being themselves, which just so happens to be right on the perfect wavelength for what, you know, especially that PWG crowd, especially in PWG. But that's more of, you know, a microcosm of the world as a whole or wrestling fandom as a whole. So it it works in other places as well. But yeah, especially in PWG, like their humor is just pitch perfect for that crowd. Yeah. And uh, right. And there's the match. I didn't I didn't watch it. But when uh, Chuck Taylor, the wrestling Joey and Candice and Chuck leaves and comes back in a dress because he wasn't going to hit a girl. But then he puts the dress on and and like anybody else that goes to crap. A hundred percent. Uh, and, and and once again, it's because it feels like they believe it, right? Yeah, it's genuine. It's genuine what they're doing. They're not just, I don't know. Uh, it, I, it always works, and it's sometimes crazy. Like, that cigarette thing is bananas to me. Okay, and perfect example. And one of the reasons I'd assume they never got the tag belts is because Chuck was so loved for being genuine that he went out, he was on PWG forever, went on a losing streak forever, gotten a great tag team, got a push, got so beloved that he eventually became, he was so over that the team was almost holding him back. So he had to go singles and win the world title. That's how genuine and beloved he was for his genuineness in his humor, which like we said, just was perfect for that PWG crowd. It was beautiful. So in the Rockness Monsters, you know, in the early they they're doing the trench coat thing, which is hilarious, but nuts to pull off and to get a crowd to buy. And then you work into their like 2018 stuff where they are doing a thing where they get real cool and they put sunglasses on and they start smoking cigarettes while they wrestle, which once again, like that dress thing, you know, uh, not a lot of people are going to pull it off smoking cigarettes during your match in America in 2018 it, it's it has the potential to be completely shit on yeah <laughs> uh, this, uh, this is just a, a more of a modern thing but like i could almost see people getting like offended by it nowadays no but seriously like 
Smoking yeah. has been not really allowed indoors in New York State for my entire adult life. Um, and a lot of other states, too. The fact that they were just lighting up cigarettes <laughs> during the middle of wrestling matches in 2018 all over the country is bananas. Oh, no, yeah, that's absolutely crazy. It's funny, though, because uh, this is, you know, me aging myself. But you oddly remember this, too, because you were around as long as I've been. There was a time early on where, like, right when we first started, you could still go certain places in Pennsylvania you could smoke indoors. No, yeah, some of those early Chikara buildings, there would be a bar at the back. I think it was, oh, man, I'm not going to, maybe Hellertown. In the back of the building, there was a bar that you could sit at and get drinks. And that was in the same room as the ring was in. And there would be people sitting at that bar smoking while you were wrestling. Yeah, it's crazy. And then <laughs> we're just lucky that as local Rochesterians, one of the buildings that we've wrestled in a million times also still has one of like the only remaining like indoor smoking places in the New York state. Yeah. Yeah. But we're talking like, didn't matter what building in the year 2018, Trent and Chuck are lighting up cigarettes. And but for the record, neither of them are smokers. Oh, I know. That was the best part. You could tell it was killing them. <laughs> it wasn't like they were constantly smoking cigarettes. They're like, no, we're going to hold this breath in. We're tough. We're tough. <laughs> neither of them are smokers. They just thought it was funny. And luckily for them, and once again, because they're so genuine and they thought it was funny, that everybody else also thought it was funny. Yeah, it just works. It was fantastic. So uh, that's some of the wackierness. But uh, that Zack Sabre Jr. Marty Skrull uh, PWG match is real, real good. Okay, but first, before we get there, I want to go back to the to the tournament. Now, you, how was that first round match? Because I want to talk about how I think we have different opinions. The first round match is good. It's uh, it's exactly kind of long, but it's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, they, it looks like I don't want to say they're letting the Rockness monsters get their stuff in, but they are there. I think I think part of that match was. To uh, and and I watched more of the first round of this tournament the other day, and the first round looked like a lot of uh, making these teams look good, you know, uh, letting these teams shine uh, and look good, and they they did a great job of it. Yes. Now I say this as a man who fully would love to be in a DDT tournament. Uh, I've noticed as a man who's been a big follower of the tournament of the tag wrestler myself, they're always super duper awesome first rounds, and then all the other rounds are just like, and this one fell into it. We'll brawl for five minutes, and then we'll do a go home. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Uh, and this is, I mean, how many DDT tournaments have there been? A bunch at this point, I think. Right, but in 2014, how many had there been? Oh, not that many. But right. yeah, I mean, saying as a critical guy watching these matches and, you know, being a little bit judgy, you're not even judgy, just critically thinking. I was like, oh, okay, I see, I see what happens. And this happens a lot of times in tournaments. Your, your engine's on full for that first match, and then you got a second match, all right, your, your engine, you know, your tank's at least, okay, three quarters. Then by that finals, you're on 50% at least. I don't think it's a lot of times. I don't think it comes down to the engine. I think it comes down to you uh, time. It's a time concern where 
you want to make sure that the 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 finals is the match so the second round at least not falls by the wayside but you don't put as much time and thought into it because you know you have to go to the third the first one you got all day to talk about it and figure it out the second one you're kind of on a rush and you're thinking about the last one if you're moving on to the last one oh okay i mean if we're gonna go that far yeah yeah well then yeah that's okay you're you're actually correct but i mean yeah come on like let's not (laughs) let's not act like people don't know what's going on like if you have to wrestle three times that third match, uh, you you want to put your your all into it, um, and you want to make sure that one potentially is the best one. So you, but you have m- the most time to to talk about the first one. Yes, no, you're correct. You're correct. Um, but I feel like uh, as tournaments go, the more these tournaments happen, the more uh, people figure out. Uh, a way to do it and a way to make everything uh, flow a little better so everyone has more time so everyone can, you know, get yeah, no, it in. I, I agree. It's it's only gotten better, but you could just see those things, you know, as a man who's been behind that curtain and has, has had to wrestle three times in a day. And that's why a lot of tournaments go two days nowadays. Like, you can have two matches in a day, but that third match, it's that's a tough swing. It's I, I remember wrestling in a king of trios tournament and uh we we won in the first round which was day one and then the the last day was if you were going to go to the finals you were going to have to wrestle three times in three trios matches and i wasn't wrestling three times but i was wrestling twice and i remember our second match we didn't even talk about we just went to the ring because there was no everyone was going on to the the other team was going on the finals and they had to worry about that yeah, it happens, unfortunately. No, I definitely. like a little bit of gusto in every round. That's just me. <laughs> uh, all right. So, but okay, yes the uh, the Marty and Zach one was great, just because you could literally tell right from the rip. Like Marty was like, "Oh, I'm soaking all of this in." He cuts some shit promo, talks all this nonsense. They come in. There's brawling. There's even mid match promos. There's pushing up fans i think at one point like he is dialed in he's like oh no i'm gonna make everyone hate me and guess what everybody loves the best friends so it just made for a raucous crowd i thought it was great and i just think it's cool because then i get to always drop the uh i've wrestled the leaders of the new school like four times in one week (laughs) (laughs) i i love to randomly put over to other people cheech's uh random wrestling history of who Cheech has wrestled because you're, you're so unassuming. I like I had WWE early on. So people are like, Oh yeah, we know you've wrestled a bunch of people, but you like uh, people forget that you were like early ring of honor and then had like wacky run after that with, uh, with cloudy and wrestled all these dudes who are on TV now. Uh, so I love to put over your random. She just wrestled them. Yeah, that one was just fun because it was one of those. This was when we were on tour in England, and just being on tour uh, is just awesome for a team. Like, like if me and you wrestled at nine days in a row, do you know how awesome we would be at the end of those nine days? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and this was one of those one fun ones where it was a team that we were over there and they were like the young cool team so we were coming in so i literally think the rest of them it was three or four times in like a nine day span or something like that this match was fun because like you said they had some they had some brawl and they had some heat but they the the structure of it was really good and the they had the crowd uh with almost everything uh and not just in like a they're just doing moves egregious way. They were, they were literally playing with the crowd and, and making them want uh, the hot tag, making them want more, making them believe kickouts. And what made it really great was you were able to do that because they got time. I don't know how long the match was, but it had to be at least close to 20 ish, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of Trent getting beat up. It's a lot of Trent getting beat up, but it's a lot of, you know, the ending. They had a, you know, there was a cool spot where they had uh, the leaders had the best friends in simultaneous stretches, which they then turned into simultaneous pile drivers, which was then the big one, two, double kick out. Crowd was going crazy. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, the He went to do the finger snap spot, which everybody loves, but he turned that into the soul food. Oh, it was just it was good because all their stuff was over and then they were able to counter it. Like you said, they were playing with that crowd up and down. They had them, they had them where they wanted them. But as a person watching it and, and I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that match before. Uh, so watching it for the first time, they, they had me, I would, I was watching them do things and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't see it coming. Like uh, uh saber goes for the octopus and Trent like turns him right into the crunchy guy. I was like, oh yes, a hundred percent, yeah. And that was into the double, into the double down, into the comeback. And I was like, oh yeah, all right. This match, this match kind of rules. Yeah, it was a hell of a match. And I think that was the only time Zach and Marty teamed when they did anything in America. So it was, it was just such a fun mix of styles. Yes, and that match is. Uh, I think it was four and a half stars. I'd believe it. Maybe four and a quarter. But you know what match was five stars? I was going to say, where do you go from four and a half stars, Colin? Where do you go? There's nowhere to go but five stars. Go to five. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's crazy because I loved that match. Uh, And I didn't watch it on this go around. But I vividly remember the parking lot fight. Oh, it's so good, bro. I loved it. I just love it. It inspires me because who in there, if you told someone two years ago, what tag match or no, no, what year that was in 2020. If you said when AEW started in 2019 or even at the beginning of 2020, because that was in September F on January, 2020, you said what tag match is going to get five stars. I don't think a lot of people were going. Oh, I think it'll be the best friends versus proud and powerful in a bar- in a in a parking lot brawl. And not just that. And uh, if it's you park- just if you just told somebody that a parking lot brawl was going to get five stars, they would they would lose their minds. I love it because I feel like it's the fulfillment of like a thing us indie guys had. Like, man, if we had WWE production value, if we got all the bells and whistles, how many times have we got a match where it's no DQ or a ladder match or a chairs match and there's three chairs or there's two ladders or there's nothing? You know what I mean? This had all the cars, all the production value. They had spots where they were doing 
the end was a pile driver on the hood and then the crunchy into the bed of a truck through a board. But literally, like I wrote down, like I just have a list of all the craziness and it's like 10, 11 things deep. You know what I mean? That's what happens when you give young, hungry guys huge production value and say, go crazy. You're going to get five stars. Also, um, I'm not sure if you noticed this throughout your watching. Um, Trent works too hard. Well, I find he's okay. I guess you could say that I took it. He's exploring a new side of himself. At some point in New Japan, they were like, oh, no, no, we see single star. And somehow, it, somehow he just turned it on. And now he, you can tell he's working as a bigger guy, more of a star, more of a presence. I, I saw it more as like he was blossoming. Bro, he no, since the beginning of this, since the since watching him in DDT 2014 in these matches, he is working his ass off. Oh, okay. Let's go into this side rant then. What is it? Um, I don't know. Part of me was almost thinking it was a geographical thing. Like, what is it about him that was very easily, he so easily could have just been a guy who was eaten by the WWE system, spit out, and a guy who just couldn't make the transition. But hell no. He came out going crazy. He was one of those few guys where WWE held him back. Yeah, but like I watch him, and uh, there's bumps that, or, or like moves that he takes where I'm like, you could take this safely. Nope, doesn't take it safely. There's like strikes coming his way where I'm like, Oh, you could you could not get eaten by this strike, but his face is right out there, like ready to just get it and take the hardest bump he possibly can. And it's like, holy crap, dude. Like, I, I just think when you watch it and you line him up next to almost anybody on in any given match, no one's working as hard as he is. Yeah, I don't know why. It just came to me as this analogy, like, Yes, he was. He was. He went through the system of WWE and he came back out. And once again, it held him back because he had that indie chromosome in him, I guess. It was in his DNA that no, he wasn't going to conform to that. He needed to come back and go to a place where he could eat a, eat a knee to the face and take a backflip onto his dome. He needs that. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you look back and you watch that footage of Dan Moff throwing him into a wall, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe his brain's just maybe he's just wired differently. No, I just think it's something about those New York kids that are same thing. I even give it a little bit of the major brothers have that too. They got eaten up and spit out and they went right back to the indies and they worked their butts off. There's just something about, you know, it's a New York thing. We're New York guys. Let's just say it's a New York thing then. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I got that Trent thing in me. He I, I, oh, I you just, definitely do. Come on, how many times do you take a bump on your face and end up on your and then end up on your back somehow because you go way too hard? Well, sure, sure, but he just is doing it all the time. He's got that chromosome; you can't take it out of him. That's why I'm glad it was weird. I was watching it, especially in the early stuff, especially like the PWG stuff. In my head, I was still like, "Oh," I, I was almost trying to frame it as like, "Okay." He's just got out of WWE. What you know? What I mean, a lot of guys. For example, he should be inspirational to all the guys that recently got cut. You know what I mean? If you hit the ground running and go hard and adapt, and if you got that you know crazy indie chromosome in you, that also helps too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just from watching all these matches back to back to back to back to back, uh, it's one of those things that I guess I just didn't notice before. 
that, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you can pinpoint it, but when you're just watching over and over and over again, you're like, Oh my God, he stop. He, like, and there was a point where I was like, stop doing this. Stop working so hard. You're going to hurt yourself. Like in that, uh, Sabre junior match, Zach Sabre junior, like stomps on Trent's elbow slash arm in some of the grossest ways. And I'm like, Trent's got too much muscle for this. Like you can't just, you could stop my arm. Maybe you could stop some, some smaller guys arms. My man's got a lot of muscle to just have his arm be stomped in half like this. See, I think it's funny. I don't know if it's telling or not. You watch all these matches and they were like, yo, he's crazy. I watched all these matches and it was like, look at him maturing. Look at him evolving. I'm really like how he's, you know, getting, you know, working a, a bigger man style, more of a superstar style. And you're like, boy, he's crazy. Look, he laid out his head again. <laughs> well, that, that, and like, uh, how many matches did you see Chuck Taylor take heat? Exactly. I was surprised by that. D- don't you think that's a little weird? Because you know why? Because my man Trent's crazy, and he wants it. I guess. He's like, yeah, beat me up. Beat me up. Let me take all the stupid bumps. Yeah, let me do the Shawn Michaels flip up into the corner. I love it when he does that one. Oh, dude. In that, I I hate to keep going back to that Sabre Jr. Marty Scrum match. It was good. People, if you got got a chance to watch that thing, give it a watch. It is. It's it's high-level tag team wrestling. It's... it's, uh, they 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 pull the strings of that crowd real well. But when he does the Shawn Michaels on the corner, comes out into the lariat on on uh, Zach Saber. Yep. Whew, that's a great spot. Yeah, it's good stuff. And then, and I then like... Marty pulls the foot. There's yeah, there's a lot of foot pullings. Oh, oh, it's a there's a there's a lot to like about that match. But uh, you know. Overall, and then you know you watch the team evolve, and then you get to the AEW stuff, and Trent is still working too hard. <laughs> okay, but wait, before we get there, we both watched that New Japan match. What did you think of that? Because I thought it since it was Japan, and I think it might have been some semi house show ish. It was weird seeing the best friends almost be somewhat muted in their performance. It was more. It was it was weird just seeing Chuck almost be just, you know, quiet and wrestler guy almost. Yeah, it, so I think that was one of their earlier tours of New Japan, right? I mean... And it was a tag league. It was like day four, so I don't think it was like at a big show. I think that, you know what I mean? Like it's in a gymnasium where just house lights are on and stuff like that. Yep, yep. It's one of those shows that you just wouldn't normally see, but there's footage out there of this one. Uh and it's a good match. It just you're right. That it feels like it feels like potentially, especially for Chuck Taylor, who it's twenty seventeen. This is probably literally his first New Japan tour. Or or I think his first New Japan tour was just before that, but this is Tag League right after that. And he's uh, yeah, probably a little best behavior, probably a little uh, you know, just trying to do what he needs to do to get through. You know? Exactly. I, that, uh, they're good enough wrestlers that obviously they can do fine in New Japan, but I don't think New Japan in Japan there affords them the luxury to take advantage of the charisma that they have. And here's the thing. It is obtainable. Like Spanky did it. Like he was able to get that wacky charisma over to that Japanese audience. Something about them. I just don't, I just don't think they had enough longevity. I think if you give Chuck a long enough time, he'll win over anybody. <laughs> 
Yeah, but even Spanky, uh, it, I'm sure if you look back at Spanky's first zero one tour, unless he was given that gimmick right off the rip and they were they were backing it, uh, he was probably a bit, uh, you know, reserved and and just trying to go out there and do his best like Chuck Taylor was. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, like I said, that... it's just it's just a little weird because once again, a, a big feather in their cap is their is their charisma, and which they couldn't really do, or they can't really get, take advantage of it on a house show day four tag league match. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But uh, you know, we've been talking about their charisma and their wackiness and their their fun stuff, uh, and uh, we I just went into how hard Trent works. Chuck Taylor is uh, an incredible professional wrestler. Like, <laughs> oh, here's the funny part: as much as we put over Trent, Chuck's technically uh, more well-rounded and better overall. Which is why he does. He's usually the guy who starts the match. Like, he's the one who can, if need be, can do the chain wrestling and the lucha and the big man stuff. Whereas Trent is not that well-versed. Trent can't go out there and do Lucha. Like, he can keep up with you, but I don't think he can do Lucha like Chuck had. Right, right. And no, Chuck Taylor's been around uh, probably as, as long as us. So I'm saying I think he's he's probably also around 18 years at this point. Uh, but even, even long before now, he's been able to do everything. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys that he can do everything. No, even before teaming with Trent, he was a well-traveled guy and he was, uh, you know, kind of a, a big indie deal and and had been everywhere and, and a big indie deal for a reason because he may not look like much, but he can do just about anything you need him to do. Yeah, he could totally just be that guy who's funny and charismatic and that would be enough. But no, he's also can wrestle any style, wrestle any person, make them look good, bad, and different. He can do it all. Yeah, he's very versatile. He's very, very Swiss Army knife. Very, uh, uh, but unassuming. You you wouldn't think that he he could do that, but he can do just about anything you want him to do. So I think that's part of what uh, what what brings the team together. Because uh, uh, Trent is going to go out there and Trent, he's going to just go hard, but. I think the, you know, the glue of it is probably Chuck Taylor. Yeah, because once again, he's just so well-versed. Once again, like you said, the Swiss Army knife. I like that one. He, you at any point in a match, you can use him whenever, wherever, and he's well-equipped to do anything. He's been around long enough. He's got a million moves. He's got a million things that the crowd knows. Like, he has that connection. Like, I love that every every few years, he'll be like, hey, remember... I do that half crab. It's a finish. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and we were talking about Trent taking the heat in basically every match. And I and I don't I don't ever think that's because Chuck Taylor can't take it or or that Trent would would do it better. I just think that Trent's wired differently and he wants it. <laughs> and and Chuck Taylor ain't gonna stop him. Or he, yeah, yeah. I wonder what that's like having that that one partner that's just pompous stuff. Like, no, no, no. I have the connection with the crowd. I need to do all the selling. Please, please, please. I like to get beat up. I'm I'm wired a bit like Trent, but not exactly like Trent. I know, but sometimes some of us can take a heat too. All right. Sometimes I want to get beat up. 
Yeah, and sometimes Chuck Taylor does too. I watch when they wrestled Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Chuck Taylor took the heat, dude. Yeah. So yeah. of the ten matches I watched, Chuck took it once. So I'll be Trent. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Listen, listen. Us Chuck Taylor guys, we don't always want to take the. We just want to take it every now and then to remind people that we can do. It. We can take a beating too. We're resilient. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But no, no, no. All these big, these big ego Adonises are all like, no, no, no. I need my time to show my scars to the crowd. Oh, you prima donnas. <laughs> hey, me and Trent got lots in common. When I watch Trent, I, it's it's weird because uh, I do see some of me in Beretta. Uh, I'm not hairline. Boom, <laughs> boom. No, nah, his is way worse than mine. And it's not just because he stole my sliding German suplex. And I got receipts for that, too, by the way. I got receipts. Oh, it's hilarious. In one of the matches, his uh, headband comes off. And he's like, oh, no, no. And then, like, two seconds later, he puts it back on half-assed, and it comes off. And then his opponents put it on. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, the, the, the private party match, because Taz is losing his mind. He's like, Jim, <laughs> Ro- Jim Ross is in the back losing it right now because he took the headband off. Listen, if if we ever get signed, I will bring back my impenetrable, irremovable bandana just to pop Jim Ross and Taz. Don't you think I won't? <laughs> There's a trick to it, and I'm not telling nobody. I know how to do it. I'm pretty sure Trent's was just like a uh like a sleeve. It was like a like a, yeah. a sleeve from a shirt that he tied up. Now I know, but I'm just saying, if Jim Ross and Taz are easily amused by bandanas that don't fall off a wrestler's head, they're going to love me. So, uh, real quick, do you think yes. that Trent gets hurt because he does too much? Uh, okay, obviously, yes. Uh, it depends which injuries you're talking about. If you're talking about like his shoulder and peck, I don't know. That was in Japan. Japan's crazy. That's just a hard schedule. Nope. nope. It was in PWG. Okay. Oh, okay. You were just as hard there. The one that absolutely points to it is the neck. There's, you know, I mean, that injury is obviously from an accumulation of, yes, working too hard. And I watch him, like, in that private party match, the silly string kind of goes goes a little awry, and he, yes. he kind of comes up weird on the knee, and it's like, Oh no. Like, and I know he's fine because that match was last year, but still I was like, Oh my God, no. Yeah, no, I could see it. I, I, I understand the concern. Cause yeah, he, <laughs> the problem is he's just gotten bigger. Like, yeah, that works when you were little same thing, which also I want to point out is a plus for uh, Chuck Taylor. Yeah, he's amazing, and he's been able to be amazing and become a legit-ass heavyweight. I'm so proud that he's just like a big guy now, but still does all his stuff. But I, I remember at one point I saw him on a show, and I was like, yo, you're a big guy. I dig it. Yeah, no, he is big. He's always been big, especially by indie standards. At one point, he was, you know, when early on, he was thinner. But exactly. then he, he filled out, but he's always been, what, six one at least? Oh, he's got to be more than that. And But we've also seen – there's the problem – He's bulked up and been able to keep it. It may not be the same for Trent. He's gotten a lot bigger and he's gotten a lot more injuries. So I don't know if there's a correlation there. There could be. But then again, I'm a guy similar size. It, you know, it, it, it depends on the body, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just uh, I think Trent's still out currently, right? 
I believe like he's healed up. I don't know if he's ring ready or whatever, but he's his injury is he's been recovering for a while. So I assume he's closer he's closer to back in the ring than Ben Farr, we'll say that at least. Yeah. Right. And and yeah. I mean, no matter what happens with the team and whatnot, uh I mean I don't I don't think there's any denying that Trent is like uh due for uh, a he, it feels like he's always due for a breakout. That's true, but as a fan of teams and since recovering the teams, I do think it's maybe a sign that they haven't really that they didn't just immediately just throw Wheeler Yuta in there and just have tags every single week. You know what I mean? I do feel that they're having truck or Chuck's a little bit on pause, kind of waiting for Trent. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Then they 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 made it into a whole little group. So to give everyone something to do. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, all right, let's get into what makes the best friends so great. Well, I spoiled it in the beginning when we went to it. I said, and I just, because as a, as a fan of, you know, the same thing, hearing in WCW, the team of the 90s, the team of the 90s. I was like, they are most definitely the team of the 20 teens. And which is funny because they didn't really hit their stride till like the second half, but you know what I'm saying. And that, um, yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, they touched the pulse, like whatever their sense of humor was, it was the exact same wavelength as everyone else. And they can be funny, serious, etc. which points to the fact that guess what? Guess what they got? You know what they got? They got a five-star match. That's crazy. Like you can't take that away from them. You can't not call them great. Yeah, no, and, and and once and that Skrull and Saber match is like four and a half, and they've got a couple others that are are four plus star matches. Um, so what they may be known as and known for is kind of uh, you know charismatic and a little bit ha ha. Um, they're versatile; they can literally do anything you need them to do, and at a high level. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. And I love that that five stars, you can't take it away. It's just proof. I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, it, it is. And, uh, and in these matches, there's even when there's, there's fun and there's funny, there's still so much meat to it that you can appreciate as a person who loves wrestling and, and understands it to a degree because they are putting in the tag team work, even when they're being a bit goofy and, tr- and doing kind of off the wall stuff. They, they possess the ability either way because they are two of the best wrestlers who walk around on this planet. So the combination of the fact that they have these fun personalities that everyone can relate to and being super talented wrestlers is I think what makes them so great. Yeah, oh, I agree. Five star match on the board. I, I'll have to look it up. I think the Saber and Scroll match is four and a half, but which I is- will say, um, I guess kind of bring it a little full circle. When I was going through my notes and trying to put why they were great, that was the point where I did find it a little weird because I was like, I don't know, it's Chuck and Trent. Like, yeah, it's easy to point their great points out, but that was the one point where I got weird. I was like, oh no, these are our friends. <laughs> I remember one time I hung out with Trent down in Tampa and I, this is like years and years ago. I, I don't think him and uh, 
Chuck were teaming at. He was still teaming with Rocky in Japan. And we started talking wrestling and I made a, uh, an, a, like, a an observation about something him and Rocky do really well. And he was like, Oh dude, I didn't even realize that's something we do. That's super cool. And I was like, Trent, I need you to stop talking right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's what, he's what I like to call. He pretty. He's so good. And at times he may not even understand how good or why he's so good. But man, he's so good. <laughs> exactly. That's why you like, he not maybe, he maybe not the sharpest, but boy, he pretty. He looked good in that ring. He know what he's doing in there. <laughs> yeah, he knows his way around it. But <laughs> may not know why, but he knows his way around it. Whereas right. on the other hand, if you talk to Chuck, like he can definitely uh, like in- intellectualize wrestling if you want to get down to it with him. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. So it's funny that they strike that balance. Yeah. And yeah, which they're, they're very, uh, also what makes them great. They are super yin and yang. They are, they're kind of opposites despite the fact that they work so well together. Yeah, exactly. They fill in each other's holes. Ooh, that sounded weird. <laughs> they got a, they got a little bit of, a little bit of Cheech and cloudy to them where at times they want to murder each other, but somehow it works somehow it works because they are definitely opposite people but somehow it comes together yeah into a great team now the question is though how would we wrestle this great team because funny enough we have not wrestled this great team no i have oh oh my god i was i was i was for a split second i was like oh crap wait did we and i was about for you to be like uh 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 and i'd feel real stupid but okay no no go on yes you wrestled them Nope, I have, and I've also also wrestled Trent singles and and Chuck Taylor singles. Uh, my record is probably not great in those encounters. I did beat Trent. Oh, I once I once teamed the team of Chucky e. Cheech happened one time <laughs> for CZW at the arena. Yeah, that was a thing one time. Wow. Uh, so how we would beat them? I. I don't have a great answer for this. Ooh, I think I actually do. Okay, I'm I'm ready. Bring it on, and maybe I can expound upon it. Exactly. Uh, a thing, because they're so charismatic and they're funny, we cannot be lulled by them. We cannot be like, oh, look, they're our friends, we're so cool, and then boom, they snap on us. None of that. None of that. I'll have to keep you from doing that. I know how you are. You fall like, for things. I like I don't to like have you. fun. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. But I got to keep you on the straight and narrow. We cannot be lulled. And here's the thing. Even though despite uh, maybe the win-loss records may say differently, I think we would need to operate at a higher RPM than them. I think that would be the key for us. Okay. And, like We need to do it at our pace, which our pace is kind of similar to theirs. If anything, ours may be slightly slower, but I think a higher pace would be the key to beating them. Uh maybe we just let Trent burn himself out because <laughs> he goes too hard. Yes. He runs too hard and too fast. We let him do that. And then, and then we, we take advantage of Chuck Taylor, but man, I don't think in any of these matches, I saw Chuck Taylor take a fall. No, that's true. But luckily I have, and I stand, I have a PhD in white boy Lucha. So I got him covered. Any of those kids who came from that chicky area, I got them. I got them on lockdown. Hey, none of them got nothing on me. 
So I could take care of Chuck. You got to take care of Trent and it's crazy. You guys can try and out crazy each other. Yeah, maybe. That sounds dangerous. Let me just leave us be. Well, yeah, you guys can brawl to the back, and then I'll I'll out sneaky Chuck with his white boy Lucha. <laughs> that, might, that might have to be the plan because I don't know. Once again, Trent goes Trent goes hard and sometimes too hard. We have to let him go too hard uh, and then take advantage of Chuck Taylor. And I won't get lulled by their their fun. Maybe we no no we don't no we don't lull them with our fun because that won't work. Yeah, and then I was thinking, I was like, oh, the awful waffle, and then suddenly I remembered, oh, I've wrestled Chuck in singles. You can watch it on the WWE Network under Evolve number one, match number two, where we fight for a contract to get into Evolve. Spoiler, I don't get a contract. (laughs) I wrote at, uh, I definitely wrote at some point, awful waffle is dope. Oh, it definitely is. It's it's one of the craziest moves of uh, the last ten years, fifteen years. Yeah, I survived it. Not for the not for the three seconds after it, but in life, I've survived it. <laughs> All right, perfect. Had a boy. So yeah, the, it, yeah, we, yeah. We have to not be lulled by them. Go harder than them, or at least faster than them. And then yeah, you guys brawl to the back with your craziness, and then I will try not to get awful waffled again. Oh, uh, don't let me take the crunchy guy. Oh, yeah, you're not built for a crunchy. I took a crunchy on a floor once. No, I can't. I literally can't take even one of them. My my body is... is you don't uh, bend. I don't bend that way. AKA fold. the natural way to bend, you know, towards your, your head towards your knees. But for Colin, yeah. can't do it. Well, I can do it, but just not like... I can't get crunched up like that. It It does me dirty. Yeah, he can't be forced into that position. He can do it on his own reconnaissance, but Correct. if you force him into it, he's screwed. Yep, I'm screwed, for sure. All right, that's it. That's the best friends. Yeah, screw them. When we're done with them, they won't be best friends. We'll, we'll create dissent. Damn them for having yeah. a catchy, catchy new theme song. I, so I wrestled Trent at the one uh, show here in Rochester at the Dome Arena. And uh, he was like, we're, we're at the curtain. He's like, I don't know what my entrance music's going to be. No one ever asked me. And <laughs> we get in the ring and I was like, hey, man, what's this music? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, great. Yeah, that's life on the Indies. That happens more often than you'd think, people. Yeah. So that is Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor or Trent and Chucky e. T, or Beretta and Chucky e. T, or Chuck Taylor and Trent, the best friends, with Orange and Cassidy, I'm, or without. And I'm glad, we, like we had said, we were trying to think of teens, and we were like, oh, let's go for something more recent. And we totally did, which now leaves all the past wide open. So we will obviously ponder it. We'll discuss it. You don't need to hear the blah, blah, blah here. But yeah, we'll discuss. We'll figure out. And then next week, you can come back, hear us lament about the greatness of that team. Such things as, you know, their championships and accomplishments, why they're great, etc., etc. Am I right, Colin? No, you're not wrong. You're, oh, yes, you're right. (laughs) Exactly. But until then. Yeah, yeah, we're out. See ya. Adios.